0: Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who never believed in the ways of magic, but he's beginning to wonder why. Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate.
1: Uh, hola ben mean, So I was gonna use
0: uh, a different intro, but you wanted to use that as your intro. and so. Since you gave me the introductory language, I felt obligated to use it.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I was listening to this record and I, I started trying to think of uh, how's he gonna introduce me? And I thought I should just take the bull by the horns and force the issue.
0: Well, I was gonna go, he's the man who sees the crystal visions, but he doesn't keep those visions to himself. And yeah, he's got some dreams he wants to sell. Uh, well, I guess I, you like your spatter, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> uh for this episode we have not one but two very special guests. They are the sibling duo behind the band Brother in the Haze. We'll let them explain the band name in a moment. Their most recent release is entitled Tennessee Nights, came out at the end of March. So please welcome to the podcast Jenny Hayes Kurtz and David Bingaman. Did I say did I say your last name right, David? Yeah, you said it perfectly. I'm impressed Fantastic, because I have I have been known to slaughter a few uh, last names in in our in our in our time as podcasters. So that that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad I nailed it. Yeah. And that name gets slaughtered uh, a lot. So kudos. Fantastic. All right. So the premise of our podcast, it's fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each podcast, I have to ask the all important question. So. What t-shirt are you wearing? Let's start with Wayne. Wayne, what t-shirt are you wearing?
1: I'm wearing the Dead Kennedys, the classic uh, DK uh, symbol.
0: Fantastic. Okay. You are definitely trying to go a little punk uh, to uh, to even out the topic of today's podcast. Is that what you're
1: trying to do? Absolutely. A little, a little, t- a little less soft rock.
0: <laughs> all right so uh so jenny how about you what t-shirt are you wearing
2: i have to be honest it's not a band t-shirt i'm wearing this vintage-y top thing that i think i got from a goodwill a while ago and it looks like a picnic blanket um because i didn't have time to change before this but it's pink and turquoise and yellow and it feels like summer here in nashville so i felt like this is something my grandmother would wear in May. So maybe that, I'll try to tie this in here, but I do like vintage music and vintage things and feel like I was kind of born in the wrong decade and I borrow my grandmother's clothes a lot. So there you go. That's the t-shirt I'm wearing.
0: All right. So you're you're a thrift store person?
2: Uh, By all means, yes. <laughs> Completely.
0: Yeah. All right. I, I, I want to start singing Macklemore right now you going to pop some and tags.
2: I'm sure we can talk about this later, but we actually thrift all of our band t-shirts. So, and we we make them ourselves. So we find like cool vintage t-shirts and and print our logo on them. So, I should have worn one of those, but that's okay.
0: Very <laughs> cool. All right. That's that is a unique way of uh doing doing the merch table. That's that's awesome. I like it. All right. So how about you, David? Uh, What uh, what T-shirt are you wearing?
3: I've got uh, a bright yellow Black Cat Fireworks T-shirt on, but I also got it at the store. (laughs) Black Cat Fireworks. Okay.
0: Is that is that a band? Is that a band?
3: No, it's a fireworks Mm -hmm. band, you know,
0: Black Cat. That's just a fire. Okay, okay.
3: Yeah.
0: I was going to say, man, I'm not I'm not at all familiar with that band
3: i'm
2: sure
0: there could be a be cool in, side
2: project
3: yeah 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 um yeah it's just got it's got the cool black cat logo you've seen it on the side of the road at the the firework stands and stuff but it's okay. one of my favorite t-shirts
0: cool all right yeah so uh i'm wearing i'm i'm wearing a new new shirt that my buddy wayne purchased for me uh i meant to wear it a couple of weeks ago for for an episode but uh it got trumped by another shirt. So it's my Johnny Cash t shirt. It's a, a mugshot mm. of him. And of course it's a black t shirt, which fits in well with the whole man in black motif. And um Wayne, I'm I'm glad that you didn't purchase the other famous shirt of Johnny, you know, the one of him sticking out his middle finger. Yeah. So um that's <laughs> that's that's a that's a Wayne shirt, not really a Ben shirt.
2: I'm learning about you guys. This Wayne. is good yeah
0: i like it you you are learning you are learning a little something about us all right so uh so jenny and david let's let's talk about brother in the haze so where does the band name come from
2: you completely explained earlier why we have the band name that we do so we went by the Binghamans, which is our last name it's my main name um We went by the Binghamins for a couple of years. It's hard to say. It's hard to know how to pronounce it. Um, It's a simple name, but, you know, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue. So mine, I have a double name. Um, It's a Southern thing, but Jenny Hayes, I go by Jenny Hayes. That's what everybody calls me. And uh, so David's my brother. And so we went through a long list of potential band names. And this one kind of felt like it, it, kept our identity people that already knew us would recognize it they would know that it's us um so yeah it's actually really simple my name is jenny hayes we're, i'm in a band with my brothers called brother in the hayes
3: <laughs> we're less creative go. than we might seem
0: well you could have you could have gone with the black cat fireworks
3: I'm saying. <laughs> there's still time
0: there there is still time Um, So, in reading your bio info, it does say that you guys are originally from Dallas. So, what part of Dallas are we talking?
3: We grew up kind of near Lake Highlands, kind of Dallas proper.
0: Um, I've got some friends that are out in the Frisco area, which is uh, crazy to think how big that area has grown in the last decade. It's massive.
2: Yeah, I can't. I have yeah. to use my g p s when I go home. I don't know how to get to my parents' <laughs> house anymore,
0: yeah and uh so so what's the what's the music scene like in dallas and the, and the only reason why I'm asking this well two two reasons so the so our guest for next week is a band called Still Electric, and they are from the Dallas area, and also, I assume that it's not super great, considering you all have a song called
3: dead end dallas i think the dallas scene is kind of coming up uh since we were there and spent the majority of our time there um we've been going back to dallas the last couple of years playing shows and been playing with some really cool people um lots of cool country stuff kind of alt country some blues which we're all about um lots of super great musicians come out of denton which is University of North Texas, Um, so there's a lot of talent.
0: noticed yeah. that you do have some 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 blues tinged to to you david um again uh-huh. looking at your your bio info you are are saying that uh you kind of learned the guitar from learning stevie Ray Vaughan licks is that is that accurate
3: that is accurate i uh i got an electric guitar in high school and immediately gravitated to uh Steve Ray Vaughn and ZZ Top and all that stuff. Um, so I would, I would be learning a bunch of blues licks and then playing a bunch of punk rock as well. Um, so I appreciate the Dead Kennedys t-shirt.
4: <laughs>
0: Jenny, I, I'm assuming that uh, you're you're a little bit more country, so I think you and I have those common traits, right?
2: I think so. I appreciate the blues so much um love it and david and i grew up listening to a lot of the same stuff but once that dixie chicks album came out you know i was fighting over the cd player and trying to get that to play over and over again so um yeah i think our upbringing my dad has all this blues uh influence he's the one that would play Uh, Steve Ravon or Eric Clapton or Fleetwood Mac, which isn't blues, but you know, on, on long road trips and stuff. And then he would also throw in an Alan Jackson record or a George Strait record. And then I would, you know, throw in the Dixie Chicks record and my mom would want jazz or something. So I think to me, it's a perfect storm, but I probably think that because I love it all. Um, And I probably love it all because I grew up with it all. So that's how it works.
0: All right, so I guess again i'm I'm reading it off the bio, so so you are saying that uh, you know you grew up with with a lot of of music in the in the house, um, but it says on your bio that you didn't really get into music until you went to school in Arkansas, and I thought people from Texas they only went to A and m or you know that place where they do the whole hook 'em horns thing so so why Arkansas? <laughs> We've
3: got a bunch my of family
2: dad. Yeah, go ahead, in man.
3: Arkansas. Um, grandparents are in Fort Smith. we got cousins in Fayetteville and Will Rock. And my dad went to school in Fayetteville, and we kind of grew up going up there. So I kind of dug it. I went first, and then uh, all three of my sisters did the same. So I was a trendsetter. Okay. So when did the move to Nashville then occur? I moved to Nashville in twenty eleven, I believe. Yeah,
2: and, and I moved in twenty thirteen.
0: So And so now that you guys are in, in Nashville, uh I know that there's a few different circles of friends and influences in in Nashville. I'm assuming you have a good circle of fellow musicians that you're hanging out with and making music with. I mean, who who are some of those individuals that you're uh that you're running with?
2: Um, gosh, Nashville is such a great spot to be based just because we do have kind of a Rolodex of drummers or bass players or, um, other singer songwriters. So some of our friends that we hang out with, Sean Quinn has been playing bass with us for about a month or a couple of months. He's a great singer songwriter in his own right. Wild Ponies is a great band that we really love. Doug and Felicia are wonderful. I work, uh, I do some work with the Country Music Hall of Fame. So that's how I know Caroline Spence. We do the same songwriting songwriting program with uh, school-age kids there. So yeah, I mean, it's just the, the perfect place to meet people and find a band and get better and be challenged.
0: So let's chat let's chat about some songs on the new record. So you all consider yourself country, correct? Or do you have some other way of defining yourself?
3: I think there's some country in there. I think there's some blues. I think I've been throwing a term around genericana. <laughs> but it kinda encompasses a little bit of everything that we enjoy, you know, and are so it's it's a little bit of everything.
0: So you, you all made me have to look up a word on dictionary.com. Yeah. And you'd know what song I'm talking about. Correct. What is it incendiary? Incendiary. I had to look that up (laughs) and, and I, and and I'm the English major. So I, I had to look that up and I'm like, as soon as I looked it up, I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. So definition is (laughs) designed to cause fires. So, David, since that's that's uh, you you singing the leads on that Is that song autobiographical.
2: Um,
3: I wrote it kind of as just a uh, a fun, uh, kind of smart song. I started with the the guitar lick, and I was like, "What does it sound like?" It sounds kind of kind of hot. Um, so I just kind of started playing around. I might have been wearing my Black Cat Fireworks T shirt even too. Um. There you go. Yeah, playing around uh just with that kinda of motif almost. Um so it's not necessarily about anything or any one person, but um yeah, it's just kind of like a good vibey groove. You know she's a hot little thing. Straight from the devil, so I heard.
2: tell the electric car
3: story <laughs> yeah oh there's got to be a good story out of this all right um i can't remember where we were playing but someone came up after the set i was like i really love that song about the electric car what's that called <laughs> and i was like oh okay <laughs> if it if it's electric car you then by all means it's an electric car song whatever you want
0: there you go. Well, I know Wayne and I didn't interpret that as the electric car song. We uh, <laughs> we 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 definitely have known a few women in our time who have fallen into the category of your lyric, the the hot little thing straight from the devil.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that <laughs>
0: that, that valid Wayne.
1: Yeah, I I know her. I think I married her. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Don't tell her that.
1: Ah, uh, she divorced me. It was all right. It all worked out. For she knows. <laughs> she knows. She knows. So let's
0: let's talk about your your song "Sitting in the Rain." You know, there's there's the line of uh, smoking a cigarette, and uh, I assume "Sitting in the Rain" this was not written from the vantage point of a Florida woman because if you were sitting in the rain down here in Florida with a cigarette, it would not stay lit. Um, yeah. So so. What's What's, what's the what's the uh, what's the background on that particular song?
2: Well, it doesn't storm maybe as bad here as it does in Florida, but it does rain a lot in Nashville. And yep. um, I think actually, again, it was it it's not autobiographical, but I was driving around town one day in the rain, and it just felt miserable because traffic stops and nobody wants to go anywhere when it's raining here and I think I passed by somebody hanging out at a bus stop just drenched and trying to light a cigarette and I thought about how well if you just want to feel as miserable as possible that's what you do you go out in the rain and you try and smoke a cigarette (laughs) and I'm not a smoker personally but I think I have smoked in the past but I think Kind of like when you just want to feel really sorry for yourself, go out there and just sit in the rain without an umbrella and try and smoke a cigarette. So that's kind of where that came from. I wish I had a cool that heartbreak is... story about it, but I don't.
0: <laughs> Less utility. Well, that's futility. that's definitely yeah, that's definitely a country theme, isn't it?
2: Yeah.
1: If you were so, sitting in the back of a truck uh, with a uh,
0: dog. There <laughs> you go. Yeah.
4: Don't lie, say I'll be all right. Deja.
0: Mandolin on that particular song did i hear a mandolin on that or is it just a, a yeah. interesting way of tuning that is a mandolin okay
2: it's a mandolin and that's like. david Friend playing on that he's a freak of nature mandolin player he's wonderful
0: that's that's awesome um all right let's let's talk about the title track so tennessee nights uh very cool track nice song it really paints a, a great picture this one I envision someone sitting on a porch just kind of taking it all in on those Tennessee nights. And I definitely see a Stevie Ray influence on this one. Um so why why did you go with with this particular song as your
3: title track? I think um it kind of encompassed everything. It's good kind of easy listening, feel good little uh boogie and I mean we we all made this record and wrote all the songs in Tennessee, um, some even at night. Uh, and so I think it kind of encapsulated a lot of it.
2: We wanted to give this sure. song, it's due. We didn't we didn't put it out as a single, but we um, knew we were putting it out just before summertime and it felt like a great kind of summertime little tune. So um, we wanted to give it a nod and make it the title track.
0: There you go. Any anything else that you want you want to tell us about Tennessee Nights, and I know that you guys are are, are doing a lot of touring and have already done a lot of touring backing this particular record. So, um, anything that we completely missed off of uh, Tennessee Nights that you want to you want to share with the the listeners?
2: I'm trying to think. Every every song has a story, of course. Um, I think one of my favorites is the song Glue to Dry, um, just because it's about the creative process and about songwriting in itself, but also just trying to make this whole crazy music thing happen, because sometimes it does feel really crazy. (laughs) Um, But the song comes from a Guy Clark quote from an interview with him. Um, We're both really big guy clark fans but he made guitars for a long time as well as right wonder has as well as has written wonderful songs and um in an interview he said something about how he's always waiting on the glue to dry on his guitars or he's waiting on the songs to write and i thought that was a beautiful way of saying we're always waiting on these other things to happen to help support a song that's also being written. Um, so it's a struggle, but it's, it's great to, to be able to try and make this stuff happen. So it's probably one of my favorite um, connections to an old country songwriter in on the album.
0: There you go. And, and you guys have been at it for a couple of years. So there has definitely been some of those glue to dry, Uh, type of moments i'm sure for you all but once you get that that record in your hand and and you see it up there on the on the spotify and you see people that are are actually listening to it that's got to be rewarding in itself correct
3: super rewarding yeah we uh fun thing about all of is we i mean we put so much for ourselves into the record and writing and recording and very proud of it uh but I think we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, which like, man, this is not like the best thing that we'll ever do. We got more in us. Um, so that's, it's kind of that, yeah, we can be happy with this one and, and sit on it for a little bit, but we got more stuff to do. So it's kind of uh, encouraging. Just finishing a record was not the end product.
0: That is just the beginning mm-hmm. of the promotion and going out on tour and, and hopefully, you know gaining some new new fans and followers along the way exactly yeah yeah all right uh anything else you want to tell us about brother in the haze so this is your your chance to plug away and promote away before we kind of dive into uh the record we're going to revisit
2: i think the main things are just to follow along on social media instagram where brother in the haze um facebook all that good stuff and um, hopefully, we'll come to a city near you very soon. We're going to come to New York City for the first time in August. Um, Plan in Chicago for the first time in June. Uh, we make it out to Colorado pretty often, um, and Texas, obviously. So we'll hit that again um, this summer, too. And then, um, yeah, hopefully Seattle as well. So if you guys just follow along. We'll let you know when we're playing, and um we kind of we've been going out in the road with a full band, and we're also gonna do some duo touring touring, so that'll be fun just to kind of do some acoustic duo stuff as well
0: cool, cool so uh one last question before we jump into Fleetwood mac and and wayne wayne always has a a a chagrin whenever I ask this question so we we've we've started asking all of our guests this question so Toto's Africa. Good or bad song?
3: <laughs> I think it's a great song.
0: Fantastic. How about you
2: Jenny? <laughs> I think it's great. I think the original is better than Who re... who did it? It was like Wilco.
0: Weezer. 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 I'm
2: sorry. The W.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't 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 lump Wilco into that uh that I'm Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it
2: just came out. Um no, I think it's I think the original is better. It's it's a funny. I part. think it's overplayed,
0: Sorry. but it's great. Sorry, Wayne. I've got two more I've got two more for my my side of the uh the column.
2: Wayne
1: All do you right. hate it? I don't I hate's a strong word. I just don't think it's a good song. I think it's it's cliche yacht rock from nineteen eighties corporate radio. It doesn't it doesn't have any it. it's unremarkable. <laughs> and forgettable i think ben's actually (laughs) keeping it alive alive. i think he is it's
0: it's it's a fantastic song and, and you're just you're high um all right so uh so i know i know when uh when i pitched you you all coming on to the podcast you guys had a little bit of a tough time choosing a record so i did kind of give you a list of records that uh wayne and i wanted to revisit at some point and um you know, Wayne gives me crap all the time about my statement that Fleetwood Max Rumors is my favorite album. So what were what were some of the other records that you, you all thought about but you just couldn't pull the trigger on uh revisiting?
3: Um there was Sandango by ZZ Top or Trace Ombres. both are great. Um, okay Yeah,
1: absolutely.
3: I was uh let's see. You wanted the Dixie Chicks, Ginny Hayes, and I said no to that one.
1: Oh,
2: I didn't want the Dixie Chicks. I wanted <laughs> uh, George Strait. Oh, yeah. So I wanted, I'm looking up which one I wanted. Um,
0: yeah. Wayne, would yeah, you have been I, okay yeah. with uh, George Strait?
1: Absolutely. Uh, okay. Yeah, All right. I, he's a, I don't make it sound like I don't like, it's not, I like, I love country. Um. I just think that I don't like, country radio per se now i th- I, I like your guys' oh, stuff neither I do we yeah i know absolutely i thought your guys <laughs> st- i mean my, my house i mean when i was a kid my dad was playing the eagles my mom was a huge freddie fender fan i mean dolly parton and so i i i dug the classic country side of your of your guys's uh, stuff and you if that's you on the lead guitar, that stuff is phenomenal. I thought that was uh, some uh, some really good oh, stuff. Thank you. L- listening to your stuff, I'm surprised you didn't. I mean, I know Johnny Cash uh, live at San Quentin was on there, and I'm much. I'm surprised you didn't choose that after I had listened to a lot of your stuff. Interesting. Yeah, I love you know Johnny what? Cash.
2: Love Johnny Cash, and I have to say that I haven't really discovered him or people like Dolly or. Some um, other of those 1950s and 60s classic country people until I was an adult. So I can't say that they were huge influences, but I love them. It's been cool to kind of discover that stuff as an adult, and working with the Country Music Hall of Fame, obviously, I get super immersed in that kind of stuff. So I just love it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And David, I'm I'm surprised. You know, going back to the whole Stevie Ray Vaughan thing. Uh would there would there have been a particular Stevie Ray record that you would have wanted to to maybe chat about?
3: Texas Flood probably no, Yeah. 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 <laughs> you gotta say Texas Flood. You gotta say, yeah, Texas yeah. Flood is up there in any list. Yep, absolutely. All
0: right. Y'all ready to jump into uh revisiting rumors by Fleetwood Mac?
2: Can't wait.
0: <laughs> All right, let's let's do it. So so here's some background info. So Rumor's 11th studio album by Fleetwood Mac. This was released in February of 1977. This is really the second album though with the classic lineup that we all know of Mick, Stevie, Lindsay, and the McVees. Uh, This was largely recorded in 1976, uh, produced by Ken Calais and Richard Dashett. Uh and you all know the last name, Calais. So Colby Calais. Yeah, she's related to Ken. Uh definitely big producer of a lot of the recognized seventies stuff that uh that Wayne, I think, uh, to your point, is the soft rock stuff that you don't like.
1: That's a, once again, that's a strong it's that it, it's too much of it. There's too much of it. It's not that so, I don't like
0: all right, so they did. They did win the Grammy Award for Album of the Year. This uh, this record has sold over 40 million copies worldwide. It is one of the best selling albums of all time, and it's often considered Fleetwood Mac's best. Um, and uh, 2004, Rumours was remastered, reissued with uh, a few additions that we're going to talk about here in a moment. The album was selected in 2018 by the National Recording Registry as being one of the culturally, historically, and artistically significant records by the Library of Congress. So wow. there we go, there's some, there's some bio info for you, and most importantly, this is my favorite record. So there you go. <laughs> um all right so as a reminder as we go through the 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 songs on the record our scoring is based on the number of songs on the record so wayne how many songs on the record
1: there's only 11. um but i will say this i completely understand why this record sold 40 million copies that that i don't have any problem with i, I completely understand it's got nine really good songs I just can't see how it could be anybody's favorite record because it doesn't, it seems like it doesn't have a, a great song. Like it doesn't, it's not anchored by this really phenomenal song. It's got nine really good songs, but nothing spectacular. Nothing, nothing I'm, just great.
3: I'm curious as yeah, to your yeah. favorite record now.
1: My favorite, my favorite record is Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. Okay. Okay. And I would say that Paradise City, in my opinion, is one of the greatest songs in rock and roll. Maybe not the most important, but it's definitely Africa one of the best rock cheesy? songs. <laughs> Africa is cheesy. <laughs>
0: all right. All right. <laughs> I I know. Uh, I have to remind him all the time that uh, the record that he he deems as his favorite is also a pop rock album, just like <laughs> Rumors is a pop rock
1: I wouldn't say just like I don't know about just like
0: (laughs) it's it's just like all right so this this means uh your top song is going to get 11 points next favorite song 10 points and on down to lowest score of one so here we go let us start with the very first song so this is secondhand news is this a good way to start the record with secondhand news is there any other song on the record that you all may have selected as a lead song as opposed to this one
1: i didn't really think of it i mean um i i just think it's there's a lot of vitriol for a boom boom duty do i mean i i can't i mean when you listen to the lyrics he's He's not. He's he's a little upset, and then he and he has a little bit of a pity party going on. So I I mean in a in a lot in some ways I guess it is.
0: You just described the entire record. This this all of the songs, with few exceptions, are breakup songs.
2: Yeah, because yeah. they were all breaking up with each other, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John and John and Chris Christine were were going through a divorce. Uh, Mick was separated from his wife. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the, the much publicized Lindsay and Stevie breakup. So there you go. I mean, this the, all of these songs have some element of a breakup and, um, those make up for some really good songs, believe it or not.
2: Yeah. True. To answer your question, Dreams, to me, number two, is my favorite song on the record. And that is mostly because of how cool the intro is, and yeah. maybe that is what should have been number one on the record, just because the intro is so cool. But also maybe you have to ease ease into it. Um, but I think that that just immediate drop, like, is so so cool. So.
0: Right. All right. So let's uh, let's dive into the 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 lyrics. Um, so what's, what's the tall grass and what's Lindsay's stuff that he's referring to, Wayne? I,
1: you know what, everybody, I, I guess everybody in the studio is doing cocaine, but it just made me feel like laying on a blanket out in the tall grass, smoking some weed, smoking yeah. some stuff.
4: Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's smoking, smoking the stuff. So the rest he's of the lyrics, though, stuff
3: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, so is, is is this a request for a booty call or some breakup sex?
1: It could be. Like I say, there's some of the lines, I didn't write them down, but some of them were, were very, like I say, very mean spirited for a song that has bam, bam, doobie doo in the uh, chorus. (laughs) (laughs)
2: To me, I don't know. Lindsay seems like a guy that likes being the front man and maybe he, got you know passed over and he wasn't cool with that at all so and that's the title you know being secondhand news you're kind of not you're not firsthand news maybe you feel kind of crappy about it
0: playing second fiddle has never really been Lindsay's strong suit has it no <laughs> no let's get some scores on this so um wayne
1: I gave it an eight. I'm definitely, I noticed going through this and scoring it, I'm definitely a Lindsey Buckingham guy.
0: All right. And uh, on that note, so Jenny, what's your score?
2: I gave it a five right down the middle.
0: Yeah. So, so we'll find out after the next song where, where Jenny's uh, allegiances are Wayne since you're the Lindsey guy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and, and, David, how about for you? What's your score?
3: Um, I think I'm going to go eight as well. Okay. And, David, uh, I, I have
2: sports in front of me. Do you want to know what they are?
3: I'm looking it up you. I'm trying to remember was, what uh, I wrote I... down. <laughs> <laughs> but I am He's changing it. because Last second change. Yeah, you well, I can do look,
2: that. But, yeah, you gave it a – you gave it a – well. You gave it the, I the
3: gave it. Song. Yeah, but then I so I listened to the record before um we were doing this and I changed my mind.
1: That's right. All right. Artists
3: you're going to pull
0: the old stri- switcheroo on me. All right. That that's that's cool. That's cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I've been yep.
1: threatening to do that forever and have never pulled the trigger so I am very <laughs> my hat is off to you. <laughs>
0: because i'm going to treat the guests with respect but i won't be treating you with respect if you do that
1: that's true enough true (laughs) that
0: all right so so we've got uh we've got eights from from the guys and a five from 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 the lady so here we go let's go to next song this is dreams this is her favorite song on the record.
2: Yeah, again, I think that intro gets me every time. It's just so cool. Um, And this is one of those records that I have to say I go based on the feel of the song so much. And um, definitely a record that was played over and over again in our suburban on family road trips. So I almost feel like, I grew up with the, these grooves in, ingrained in me. <laughs> um, and I actually, so this is just maybe too much information and a little, I don't know, maybe it's a little hippie sounding, but I remember um, driving to Colorado with the family in the suburban and I'm like 10 years old. And when you're driving to Colorado from Texas, well, really from anywhere, it's just flat as far as the, eye can see for a long time. And we would drive out there and you could see thunderstorms out on the horizon. And I so remember listening to this song and hearing thunder only happens when it's raining and like all this stuff and just trying to figure out what the heck they're talking about as a 10 year old, you know, and, I'm like, what's a player? Oh, when they're playing, okay. And <laughs> um, so I think for me, it's more nostalgia. I just love the song.
0: Yeah, that's. We're all about the overshare on this on this uh, podcast, Jenny. So that is that's okay, great. Cool. You are you you are you are learning the ways of the Records Revisited podcast. So that is fantastic. Great. So, little bio info on this. This was the second single off the record. Uh, Dreams was a number one song, and this is the band's only number one song. And and I I was really baffled by that because I thought I was almost certain that Rhiannon or Gypsy had hit the top spot on the charts at at some point. Nope. Um, so this is this is Fleetwood Mac's only only number one song.
1: I did not know that.
0: And I've I've listened to this song a million times before, but this was really the first time that I listened to it while really reflecting, going back to this. This is a breakup album, so I really reflected on the lyrics. And since this was a Stevie Nicks song, this was totally directed at Lindsay. I mean, the the totally. lyric of of play the way you feel it, but listen carefully to the sound of your loneliness. And
4: mm-hmm.
0: I never, I had never really looked at it from, from that point of, yeah, go ahead and have your fun, but you know what? Um, you're still going to come home to an empty house. So I think that's
2: uh, so ballsy of her. <laughs> because
3: I don't know. I think they're, um...
2: I, was say, I, I feel, feel like, like there's Netflix a lot of lousy I- things going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I play yeah. music with my brother, so there's not a lot of onstage drama, you know? But I can't imagine what it's like playing in front of thousands of people and singing this, standing next to him, and he knows it's about him. You know, I just think, yeah, I think that's it's ballsy of her and just kind of crazy that they're all playing these songs together and they're all about each
0: other well yeah so i I was gonna wait to talk about silver springs until later in the episode but maybe this is this is a good segue to it so to that point of playing right next to the person who has broke broken your heart um did you did you guys see the dance what was that 97 98 that was really their reunion yeah, yeah. And, uh, video.
3: Is that so, when they had that uh band, the USC band, come out or something? Uh, they
0: did. They did do that at one point as well to play. I can't know what that was. Yeah, yeah. But the the song "Silver Springs" is totally directed at Lindsay, and I'll I'll post this to the Facebook page. But the 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 uh, vitriol that stevie is directing towards Lindsay during that um i mean she's looking straight at him while he's playing (laughs) the the guitar and singing those lyrics and you know we're talking that was what 20 years removed from the breakup and Uh she's still you can tell she's still pissed about it (laughs) so Anyways, we'll we'll get to Silver Silver Springs in in a, in a minute. A- anything else we want to talk about about dreams before I, we get? Uh, to get I some would
1: scores? say <clears throat> this is probably my favorite Stevie Nicks song of anything she's done. But I love how it sounds so sweet. But when I mean, the lyrics are like you said. It's a scathing indictment of Mr. Buckingham, and a player is, yeah. and a player only loves you when he's mm-hmm. playing. And you know the the loneliness, like a heartbeat, drives you mad. You know, remembering. What you had and what you know, what you lost. Yeah, she's, she, and I don't think it's a coincidence that the there's a, there's a lot less guitar in this song than other songs, than the rest of the songs on the record. Oh,
2: I didn't even songs,
1: think about that. Minus That's the good point. Yeah, it, piano songs.
3: It feels very open, kind of, which in term makes it a little spooky.
1: Yeah, it yeah. definitely has a has a eerie kind of like that mystical Stevie Nicks kind of quality, like from her solo stuff. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Totally see that. All right. Let's get some scores. So, Jenny.
2: I'm an 11.
0: Yeah. Turn it and up I to match- 11. I'm matching your 11. This is my favorite song on the record as well. Wayne, how about you?
1: Uh, this is a nine. This is this is a, a great song.
0: Yeah. Back, great
1: song. It's a really good song. Sorry. I missed. I gave it a
3: 10.
0: Yeah. All right. So I think we're all in agreement that this is a fantastic song. So, all right, let's move on. This is, uh, I just lost my place.
1: Here we go. Give me five minutes, play the song, I'll be right back.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, This is never going back again. All right, so this is a Lindsay song, and apparently after a little short fling with a New England woman, he was inspired to write this song. And this is even coming from his vantage. I mean, we talked about the loneliness that Stevie is writing, uh, directed at Lindsay. This is Lindsay talking about that sadness. Um, She broke down and let me in, and um, I'm never going back again. I don't know. Have you heard have you heard this particular version that Lindsay did live on his um on his live record called Live at the Bass Performance Hall? anybody heard not. The, any of that? No. So it is a little darker at the end of the song. It's an interesting take. I think everybody should go give that a listen. Um again, I'll I'll post this on the the, the Facebook page as well. There's also some great performances of Secondhand News and Go Your Own own Way on that uh, record as well. Definitely, you can kind of see, you know, to, to your point, Wayne, of Dreams is this, you know, supposedly this, you know, fun song, and then you dig through the lyrics. I think that's pretty valid on Never Going Back Again, that he's trying really hard to make this a bubbly song, but uh, deep down, if you really take a look at it, there is some, there's some, there's some darkness there.
1: Well, it's I overanalyzed it again. You, I don't even know if you can, this song is so lyrically sparse. I mean, he really just has the two verses that are what two lines a piece. And he, uh, it yeah. seems like the first verse is I'm never going to love again. Uh, and then the second one is I'm never going to love you again. Like if this doesn't work out. Don't come back to me. But I love that I bouncy think what, little bass line.
3: Yeah, I think what drew me in with this song uh, from the get-go was just the guitar part um, and the kind of alternating thing he does with his thumb. Um, I think that probably was the first time I heard somebody do that, and I was like, what in the world? That's awesome. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of a melancholy sentiment, but paired with this really kind of jovial little guitar lick. I thought it was kind of cool.
2: It's – um. It has a a really cool guitar picking part, and I don't. Again, as a kid growing up with this song, I don't think I really realized how dark it was. Um, but is that a, a high-strung guitar? Do you think a Nashville tune? Or no, or, you're I'm all bad.
3: about that these days.
2: All about that, right <laughs> now. But um, well then, his just whole throughout the record, his vocal is so is it doubled over?
3: Yes, that, I think a lot of sort of yeah. weird yeah, a lot. kind of thing going. Yeah.
0: So I I, I actually did read uh, an article that uh, uh, producer Calais talked about this particular song. He said that, um, and I quote: "This is from uh, Music Radar. He said I noticed that any time he played that, there was a big difference in how bright his string sounded after just 20 minutes." So I said, huh. "Can we restring your guitar every twenty minutes because I want to get the best sound on every one of your picking parts?" Wow.
3: So that's cool.
0: So they were doing they were doing some 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 funky stuff to to get that particular sound. Um, and uh, you know, I think that there's there's you know some some definitely hypnotic sounds that came out of that uh, that particular yeah, production. it is.
2: It's like the brightest guitar sound you'll ever hear i mean that i remember first hearing it's crazy
0: yeah um and you know david to your point of of Lindsay, you know where where does he stack up among the guitarists of of the world
3: um that's a very relative question but uh i think um the way that he he played with his fingers, I think his tone is one of the most remarkable tones out there. Um, It it reminds me of, I get Mark Knopfler kind of got that same kind of deal, where he was just, he wouldn't play with a pick, and I think that really, uh, you can dig into the string a little more and have a little more personality come out of the tone, which I am attracted to. So, I mean, as a guitar player, I've been stealing his licks and just his technique the fingers and stuff, um, since I heard it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Lindsay, Lindsay in my book is really underrated. Um, going back to that, uh, that live record that I was telling you about, there's a real hypnotic version of trouble that's on that live Mm -hmm. record. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, that song is a peppy song, but listen to that particular version I've listened to that version hundreds of times. It is, um, it definitely paints it a, a little bit of a darker song than um, you know the the '80s version that we've all mm. we all grew up on. So let's get some scores. So David, your score.
3: Never going back again. I gave it a nine.
1: Okay. Wayne. Never going back again. I like the sound of it's defiant, but I gave it a six. All right, Jenny.
2: I gave it an eight, actually
0: i like that song all right i guess i'm the uh the 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 lone wolf here so i gave it a three just because there were so many other songs that i just i had to place on top doesn't mean that i don't like it because i do i really do like this song so all right let's go to number four song this is don't stop This was their third single. It's one of the band's most recognized song. This peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100. And I'm sure you all remember this. The song was the theme music for presidential candidate Bill Clinton's 1992 presidential <laughs> campaign. And um, upon winning the election, Clinton persuaded the then disbanded group to perform at his inaugural ball in 1993 so do we credit bill with essentially getting the classic band lineup back together which would uh would take them a couple years to actually um you know do a full concert but uh do we do we credit bill with uh with uh with this i think we should
3: yes so slick willy
0: slick willy absolutely all right (laughs) who 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 wants to tell me about Don't Stop? So this is a Christine McVie song. Uh, so we've heard two Buckingham songs, we've heard a Nick song, and now we're we've got a, a Christine. So um, who, who wants to who wants to talk about Don't Stop?
1: Oh, I
3: will. I like the. Oh, go, oh, go for it. Wow. I was just gonna say I like the Christine songs, but this one is the cheesy one on the on the record for me. Yeah. I just kind of. I don't know. It just kind of keeps on going. I'm kind of like, okay, let's let's listen to something different. Um, the guitar <laughs> solo with the... Uh, when it comes in is really nice, but I think it's just kind of cheesy.
2: Yeah, I would yeah. have to agree. I think... I mean, I give it kind of a low score. Uh, and maybe just because I think it's kind of overdone or overplayed. and definitely gets stuck in my head, so that's something. But it's not a song that I ever go to... To choose on Spotify or iTunes and be like, I'm gonna play "Don't Stop" by Fleetwood Mac today.
0: Yeah, but if it comes on the radio or you're in line at Starbucks and this comes on, you're you're totally singing along with it, right?
2: Yeah, that's true. I'm tapping my yeah. foot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Wayne, uh, what what did you want to say?
1: Um, yeah, it's a nice little pop song. I definitely agree. It is it's che it is got a little cheese to it. Not nearly as much as another. Christine McVie song on here. but uh, it clearly shows that her breakup with John McVie was not uh, to any degree to the length of uh, Lindsay's and Stevies, much more uh, amicable at least in in large part. And it's a nice break from the uh, the, the the back and forth of the th- the first three songs where Stevie and Lindsay go at each other pretty hard. But it's a bounce. Like I say, it's got a it's got a nice. I do like the guitar solo in this. is probably my favorite on the record.
0: We'll get to that with Christine. She's she's got a song on here that uh, I don't know if you guys have analyzed it enough. But there's there's a little bit of vitriol and poking poking fun at John at. But we'll 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 get to that here in a minute. Jenny, what did what did you want to say?
2: I really I'm looking at my scores and I'm thinking that I don't give Christine enough credit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, but I'm clearly a Stevie Nicks fan, but, um, again, yeah, it definitely is just kind of one of those, just kind of feels like, okay, it, it worked and you, you understood that it worked, but now we're still going with it. So, but, yeah. um, I was going to say that I think Christine is the she's the optimist of the group.
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh, clearly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely all right let's let's get some scores so jenny what was your score on on don't stop
2: i gave it a three
0: all right and david
3: i gave it a three as well
0: all right and then wayne i gave it a five all right and i've uh i gave it a four so we're uh definitely on on the lower lower half all right let's move on to go your own way is another buckingham song and um this was this was a a hit in the u.s and the track made its appearance on the billboard hot 100 in january of 77 and uh reached the peak of number 10 where it held for two weeks the b-side on this silver springs and how in the world does Silver Springs not make it onto this record? Uh, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out before we start talking about Go Your Own Way. So if Silver Springs was on this record, where would it where would it have landed in your scoring?
3: Top three. Think, uh, top three? You think so? For me,
1: yeah, for me. Cool.
3: For me. I feel like to me this record is. Such a cohesive thing, just as I know it, and having the Silver Silver Springs trying to weasel its way in, I don't I don't know if it even fits for me.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah. I, I would say again, just that this record is so nostalgic for me that I wasn't quite sure where to put it. I think kind of in the middle, maybe. Um. But yeah. And just, I need to probably give it some more time and listen to it more.
0: So Silver Springs is probably in my top five all time Fleetwood Mac songs. I, I really, really love that song. Yeah. And so, so, so Wayne, maybe, maybe we need to come up with a list of, of like our top 10 notable songs that were left off of records. Uh, You know, just off the top of my head, for instance, like uh, erotic city by Prince. Didn't make it onto Purple Rain, and we've already talked about two others um, that didn't make it on on the records. So one of our 45 episodes I talked about the Pet Shop Boys, a man could get arrested, and then we talked about Journeys, only the young not making it onto Frontiers. So I think I think there's a potential top 10 uh, episode on our hands. So top 10 songs left off of records that should have been included. What do you think? I I think it's a lot of research you should get started on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that episode will come out in 2021 sometime. <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk let's talk go your own way. So uh another breakup song and um this is a this is a Lindsey song. So wayne because i know everybody scores tell me why you like this song
1: um this i mean this is this this has a great there's the door don't let it hitch you in your ass on the way out feel to it and he's i mean the, the lines packing up shacking up all you want to do i like i guess that made her furious she demanded that that he change it and he refused uh but i mean it's just it's it's got so many it's a super singable chorus and i think this the best drumming on the album is probably on this one uh but i just i just love the sentiment i mean it's like you know what get to stepping and this has a great it ends with a great just blistering guitar solo
0: yeah yeah the guitar solo is great in this mm-hmm. how about you jenny I know what your score was and this was not this was not one of your top ones. Um probably because yeah. this is a Buck Buckingham song, not a Nick song.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably. Um we all know whose side I'm on from the breakup. But <laughs> I think <laughs> to me it's another kind of neutral song that of course if it came on at the coffee shop I'd be like, Cool, you know, sing along. Um, but again, I'm not gravitated towards it, yeah, maybe I don't know i think I think some of the the phrasing is cool, how he wrote the verses and um and you're right, it is a completely singable chorus um but to me it's I've heard it so many times that I think I was kinda like eh, i could I could go a long time without hearing it again okay.
3: okay
0: and how about you, David?
2: uh I'm kind of the same way, I think.
3: I I like the uh the kinda anthem that it is. Um very singable, very catchy. Uh and I like the dynamics of it too, because the chorus is really big and then you have that super hot solo. Like the, the verses kinda have like a little kind of sparkle to it, like but it's kinda lower, you know. Um so I think that's kinda fun. Um but I gave it I gave it a four, uh kind of right in the middle of the pack.
0: And jenny how about your score
2: that was a four as well
0: all right i'm giving it a six and wayne i gave it a 10. okay wow. all right let's move on to the last song on side a so this is songbird
4: and the songbirds are singing let me know the score
0: And since I know what your guys's scores are, y'all broke my heart with your scores. Aww.
4: That's
0: all. That's all I can say. So this is this is one of four songs written by Christine. Uh, she uh, the the, the uh, B side of the single Dream. So uh, obviously Fleetwood Mac didn't think that this was a single at all. Um, the story on this. So let me give you a little little background info and see if this changes your uh, your your thoughts on this. So the song came to McVie at 3 a.m. She wrote the whole song in about a half hour, but played it continuously until she could record it in the following morning. <clears throat> Calais decided to take a different approach to this. So instead of recording it there at the studio, He took her down to the Berkeley Community Theater. Oh, I'm sorry. He took her down to the um, Berkeley's University's Zellerbach Auditorium, and he set up a bunch of, of microphones and basically dimmed the house lights, put some flowers on the piano, and said, go. And so this is essentially a live performance captured by 15 microphones placed around the auditorium. Um, he said uh, it took a long time because we had to do it in one take because of how the microphones were set up. So uh, this is this is a this is a really great song. And um, anybody know the Eva Cassidy version of this? No,
1: no, not at all.
0: Oh my goodness! All right, so you guys have some homework to do. Um, it is so good, maybe even better than the original, and just her story is heartbreakingly sad as well. So, um, there we go. There's so there's some more information I will post to Facebook because that's just too long of a story to to tell. So, I'm telling you how I love this song. This the uh, this gets my uh, seven score so who who wants to tell me why this is not
1: one of your favorite songs on the record wayne Well, it's super sappy i don't know it just i i'm i love a good piano ballad but i don't think this qualifies i guess i'm I all think... about the sap
3: <laughs> i think the uh that's an interesting story how they recorded it um and it makes sense you can definitely hear just like the space in her voice and the piano um which is cool but also like it's not flea mac it's just her singing um yeah yeah so that's I, that's what i enjoy about this record is the uh the cohesiveness and the the conversation between the members and this is just a albeit beautiful but solo kind of thing and i gave it a two how
0: about you jenny
2: yeah so I can totally picture her sitting there playing piano with flowers on the piano. Absolutely. Um, I would agree with Wayne. I think it is kind of sappy. I think it is just kind of, you can't just tie everything up in a pretty bow, especially when you know what's gone on with the band and stuff. And I did read something that, this song was meant to bring everybody back together and realize, like, hey, we still make beautiful music and we should get over our differences, okay. um, which is a great sentiment, but again, I think that's a little more optimistic um, than maybe everybody else's feeling. But, yeah, I love I love that this, this record has different singers on it, um, that the songs sound different here and there, but this is a little bit too far, far off for me. It's not a song that sticks out to me. I definitely, I don't know. It's not as memorable to me. All
0: right. That's why we do this. Why we do this podcast is uh, talking <laughs> about the differences and I'm, I'm letting you know, I love this song. So, all right. Good. I think so, I
2: give a few of these songs a, a more of a chance now.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, listen to the Eva Cassidy version and um, get, get, get back to me on that.
2: Okay.
0: All right. Let's flip the record over. Let's go to the chain.
1: Oh man, that kick drum that runs throughout the song, that uh, that it's got a great bluesy country rock uh, feel. Um, this is the one of the, I think it's one of the few, if not only song, it's the only song on this record but, um, that's credited to all five members. It literally is taped together from a number of different projects. I mean, part of it was from Buckingham Knicks, and there's some Christine McVie solo stuff, and all of this was spliced together by the producers, um, and it just, it, it, I, I think it has everybody's best performance on it, you know, I love the big that bass solo that goes back into the outro, uh, I, I just I love everything about the song, I think this was everybody's best work.
0: Yeah, John's got some good bass, bass riffs on this record definitely, but uh, definitely shines on this particular song. Is uh is there enough Stevie on this uh this uh, song, Jenny, for you? <laughs>
2: um, I love this song too. I think it's super cool and angsty in all the good ways, um in all the right ways. But this uh yeah, there's plenty of Stevie but I I, I love that everybody's credited with the, the writing and I just kinda think that this is like the song that they're just like, Oh, we gotta do this thing because we know that we're good at it, and we have to. They're just kind of letting all the angst out, but also still creating this great song. So, um, I love the choruses on this song. I love the outro, and I even love Lindsay's uh part in the outro, like the running in the shadow thing. I think it's like so cool. So, I gave I probably looking back, I think I would give this song a higher ranking, but um, it was in the upper half for me.
0: Okay. How about you, David? Anything you want to add on the chain?
3: Um, I think it's a great song. Um, again, I think I'm I'm drawn to songs that have dynamic in them. You know, um. So it's got this like super cool thing going on and then everything falls out and there's that boom doom 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 it's like super crunchy sounding bass and everything dies and it ramps back up. Um so I love that kind of stuff. Uh I gave it a seven.
0: All right. And Jenny, how about you?
3: Your score?
2: Yeah, I also gave it a seven. All right. This is funny. David and I did not rank our songs together. We did it separately.
3: Well, yeah, I, I <laughs> sent my scores in, and then to you. And then, like I said, I listened to it again. And I was like, Ah, let me change this up.
0: I know you're 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 keeping me on my heels right now. So I'm I'm definitely catching your math. Uh, I'm definitely changing David's scores along the way. All right, uh, Wayne.
1: Eleven. This is my favorite song on the record.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm giving this a ten. You know what's what's mm-hmm. interesting, and, and maybe maybe you all can can correct me on this, but I find it interesting that there are a lot of different covers of a lot of the the songs on this record, but there aren't mm-hmm. many covers of the chain. Like I, I think yeah. that there's a lot lot of bands who probably could pull it off, but are not even going to touch it.
1: Yeah. I I thought. And I, I don't, you know, I can't think of really a a Fleetwood Mac cover that I like. Um, They're, they're very difficult band to cover. I love Florence and the Machine, and she does a cover of the chain, and it just, it wasn't, it just didn't match up. It's flat. What
3: what band do you think could cover the chain well?
1: So I will tell you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I, I have heard Delta Ray cover this, and it's, it was pretty good um huh. and that's and that's, and that's because there's four singers in that band though
3: yeah
0: mm-hmm. so i'm gonna give i'm gonna give some props to delta red they're they're another band that i really want on the podcast because i absolutely love them so
3: yeah they're cool
2: great harmony and yeah i mean something that is sorry that's something that's only created when you're all together and you're really on the same page i don't know when they wrote this but i wonder if it was kind of towards the end of making this record and just knowing each other really well and all that stuff so you got to yeah, have a, really in tune singers for that song.
4: Yeah, that's Not a great just question. Not in
2: tune actual tune, but you got to they got to be in tune with each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if this was after being in the same room for weeks where they finally, you know, gelled to the point that they could they could pull this off. So,
3: yeah. <laughs> the only way we're getting out of this is to do it so right right
0: (laughs) all right let's move on so number eight song this is another christine song this is you make loving fun I, uh, I hinted that even though, Wayne, you said that Christine um, did, didn't have the same vitriol that uh, Nixon and Buckingham did. So, this song is about her boyfriend at the time, who was Fleawood Mac's lighting director, who she was dating yeah. after splitting up from John. And
2: I had no idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so, so. You think John knew about that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure
1: he did. So, you know, and but did you read the story where she he he asked her about it and she said it was about her dog? Uh, yeah. <laughs> straight, she straight up lied.
0: That's total oh, bull crap. Oh. Yeah, that's total bull crap. She's totally exclaiming that her new boyfriend was a better lover than John. That's that's that's, that's how
3: I'm taking that's
1: bold this. That's Yeah. yeah so, oh yeah, absolutely. But. That's not what you tell uh the bass player in the band.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what's ironic or whatever the word you want to use for my next co- comment, but I feel like the bass riff in this song is the one of the biggest reasons why I really dig this song. And yet again, this is a song about Christine moving on from him, but I'm glad he was a, adult enough where he's like I'm going to supply one of the best bass riffs for you for your particular yeah. song even even he's though you're rubbing it in yeah even though she's totally maybe she maybe that's his way of rubbing it back
3: mm-hmm.
0: i don't know
1: yeah well he's a very underrated bass player i mean this guy was in john Mayhall's blues breakers and stuff back in the in the mid 60s he's no that's he's cool. no slouch and this is some of his best work i i guess maybe he mm-hmm. believed it was about the dog i don't maybe he liked the dog too
0: <laughs> so, 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 David, what do you have to say about uh, "You Make Love
3: and Fun"? I think it's a. I think it it sounds exactly like the title. You know, it's just kind of like a, uh, a light-hearted kind of cruiser song. Um, which I love. Um, I didn't give it as high of a a rating as maybe it should. I gave it a five. Yeah, I, I enjoy the song. It's it doesn't like draw me in like some of the other ones, but I, uh, I don't mind it. (laughs) All right. Jenny, how about your
0: score? Anything else you want to add on you make love and fun?
2: Uh, I give it a six. I think it's a great song. It's to me, it fits perfectly in the record. Um, it's yeah. It's like David said, it's a cruiser. I think her melody choices are really cool. And yeah, uh, it's again, you know, I did give it a six, so it's kind of in the middle for me. But um, it's one of those. It makes the record what it is, and it's a it's a good staple in there.
4: All
0: right, and uh, I'm matching matching David's five on this. And Wayne, your score?
1: I gave it a three. It's it's pop. It's too poppy. This one's much cheesier than Don't Stop. I think. It's and I wouldn't I wouldn't by by any means say that I don't like the song I I do like the song but but it's you know what it's it's right up there with Africa it's a little it's a little cheesy I don't know if (laughs) I'd call it a great song but it's it's 70s pop in 1977 Um, and I can say there's a lot of disco element in this especially in the in the beginning of it which at the time that makes sense so um, yeah. But to me, this is a this is a three. She really took a beating when I looked at the scores. Like my my my, my five worst scores, I think, are hers.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Well, just not edgy enough for the dead Kennedy fan. I get it. I get it.
1: <laughs> She's got a beautiful voice. It's not. It's nothing personal.
0: No. No. All right. This is number nine song. This is I don't want to know. song and i'm looking at everybody's scores and um so jenny get us started on this
2: uh, i think this song gets stuck in my head the most um it's just such a cool the the melody's fun um i'm looking at the lyrics right now
0: my favorite lyric on this is take a listen to your spirit it's crying out loud it's, it's, it's again. Yes. It's, it's a again. It's it's. I'm throwing this back at you, Lindsay. You're lone you're a lonely dude.
2: And it's totally that same thing. that's like a jovial, um, song and lyrics or uh, and groove and everything. But you're right. It's just.
3: And it's totally... got like the, the like super syncopated like acoustic guitar thing, and it's even got the little claps in there. Um. So. There's like, I feel like the whole record's got a little bit of that, you know, 70s cheese kind of sprinkled on, including this one, Um, but I don't know. The melody is just so good.
2: It's so good. That's, that's like the, yeah, that's all I have to say. It's just, it gets stuck in my head. It's (laughs) so fun. Um, Everybody's parts are great. Everyone's, everyone singing on it is great. I think it's it's a fun song.
0: (laughs) Yeah. My, my notes on this are, I can't believe I just gave this a two because I usually (laughs) like songs that have hand claps.
1: I I have it right down here. Hand claps. You have me with a hand clap. I, this, this is the one that my score doesn't, doesn't truly say how much I like this song because it, it has a lot of that country folk rock sound in it. And I I do love some of the lines and uh, especially like you say, you love me, but you don't know Um, who hasn't Mm. had that told to him. Uh, and then just the whole you know, I don't want to know the reasons why you keep running on down the line and i i I thought maybe from the lyrics that and I didn't realize it was a Stevie Nicks song, I thought maybe Lindsay was kind of coming to terms with it, but then uh I found out that Stevie wrote it, and they it was previous to their whole breakup so that
2: yeah, yeah. it's like you can tell that it's kind of they're starting to realize, um oh, this might not be the best thing ever, but the feelings are still there so. But the um,
3: the kind of mood of the song is just like, well, I don't want to know. So I'm just gonna play this fun song.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll not talk about it right now. Kick this can yeah. down the room. I'm yeah, gonna exactly. bury myself
0: yeah. in work. That's mm-hmm. what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bury myself at work. Um and 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 to that point, Wayne, of of you know, your score is not reflecting it. This is my two. I I still love this song. I this is not a song that I'm fast forwarding. Uh, Unlike, you know, some of the other records that we've uh, discussed where the two is definitely that, um, you know, I'm pushing the fast forward button, but not, not not for this one. There's just too many other songs that I, uh, that I, I had to rank above that. So uh, did I, did I get get everybody's scores? I don't know if I got everybody's scores. Gave it a six. six. All right. And then Jenny.
2: I'm a nine
0: on this one. All right. And then Wayne i begrudgingly gave it a four i
1: gave it a a capital four
0: capital four all right four asterisk all right let's go to next song this is oh daddy i get to see everybody's scores in advance i think we can all agree that this is um not not the best song on the record um so so wayne (laughs) Wayne, get us get us started with your vitriol because i'm sure it's coming
1: i read this was released as a single in japan what the this is terrible (laughs) you know it's funny i heard this is mick fleetwood's favorite song because he thinks it's about him what a colossal narcissist this this is and it's so cliche uh was i right when i'm wrong you're weak when i'm strong i'm like this is so i mean and it's and unlike songbird where i get it that space in between has a sets a sets a, a mood the space in between this is vacuous it's this is, and of all the songs on this record, I this is the one song I can say that I don't like.
0: You know, I was so proud of you, Wayne. We got through over an hour before you dropped the bomb.
1: Oh and no! So... I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna try to, I'm gonna try to cl- get a clown horn every, every episode from now on.
0: Is that, is that what you're trying to do? So if it's appropriate, right. only if it's appropriate.
3: Right, Fleetwood Mac right. brings it out of them.
0: Nope, <laughs> just no, Oh no. Daddy, just Oh Daddy, <laughs>
3: just Oh Daddy. I think he um, hit the nail on the head though. I think it's boring. I think it's just kind of forced in a way. But
1: yeah. they cut Silver Spring. I mean, I don't know that was the first when I heard this song, I was like, are you kidding me? Mick Fleetwood says yeah. we're not going to use Silver Spring, but I want the one that Christine McVie said is about me, which is clearly <laughs> not. <laughs> right.
2: Do we know who this is about? Is there a crazy story behind this
1: one? I heard that it was also about the 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 lighting Lighting court. guy. Yeah. Where is he these yeah. days, man? Get
2: a story know. from the lighting guy.
0: Yeah, there we go. All right, <laughs> let's get some scores on this. So uh, Wayne. This one Uno. Jenny.
2: Yeah, I'm a one.
0: David Uno. Yeah, we're we're all we're all matching ones on this. So that's, it's not it's not often that we can agree on the worst songs but we we did on this one we definitely uh fleshed it out
3: we did it all right
0: (laughs) we did it all right uh here's last song this is gold dust woman TV song, so you know Jenny's gonna be rating it really high. Um, We'll get to that in a moment, Jenny. All right, so this is uh, this was inspired by being in LA and just the hardships of being in LA, and um, considering Nick's well-publicized cocaine problem, shouldn't this song be called (laughs) White Dust Woman?
3: I guess depending on what cocaine you're doing.
1: yeah, Man, I, I don't. Yeah, think silver <laughs> silver spoon always conjures up visions of heroin. I suppose you could you could shoot cocaine the same way, but, um, yeah, this is the probably one of the edgier songs on here, and it's actually finally a song that's not about either somebody that someone's screwing or someone that someone's screwing over or or uh-huh. the people standing next to me singing. This is a this is a really edgy character study of of uh, of you know living in L.A during that time with all the drugs and the partying and trying not to lose yourself type of stuff. But it's got a real, it's it's got a lot more, it's a lot more dark musically and lyrically than the rest of the stuff.
0: Lyric, lyrically, yeah. I, I really dig it from the standpoint. So I'm a lyric guy. I love how she uses two different variations of pray and pray. And so you've got heartless challenge, pick your path and I'll pray. And then just a couple of lyrics later, lousy lovers pick their prey, but they never cry out loud. Uh, mm, cry out. Yeah. So
1: I, I just are, lyri- yeah. lyri- lyrically love it. So yeah. it's uh, hard to be Take your silver spoon and dig your grave, though. That's dig your grave. That, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that, that's one it's of great. probably one of the best lines of of any rock. And the and the
3: right what is it? Leaders make bad lovers. You better put your kingdom up for sale.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. perfect
3: yeah
0: what do you guys think of mixed drumming on this one is this is this better than chain or um is uh you still like chains drumming better than this one
1: yeah it didn't stand out to me i like i could say i think his best drumming is on go your own way and then the chain um this one didn't stand out i know that that glass breaking is actually him breaking glass they said they were one of the producers was telling a story about how he was in there in coveralls and and goggles and just taking this big hammer and breaking glass. And he was trying to do it in time with the song that was playing. And the producers are like, "Dude, just break the glass, and we'll we'll take care of the rest."
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did not know yeah. that was good. Yeah, yeah
1: that's, that's cool.
0: All right, so so Jenny, I know your score. So uh, tell me why this <laughs> is one of your top top scores on the record.
2: Yeah, so I'm like bursting at the seams with y'all are going over the lyrics. I think the lyrics are so wonderful. I love a good, cool, dark song. Again, these are lyrics that I heard as a kid and just completely confused me and intrigued me. And just thinking about it, like, rulers make bad lovers. You better put your keynote up for sale. Okay. Like just trying going over and over um those lyrics in my head, and the the whole silver spoon thing, just the idea that you've got everything you need now, you have all the money you could want um, now you can dig your grave, but you also can do whatever drugs out of that silver spoon, so oh, it's just i I think it's really honest, I haven't studied Stevie a whole lot but it just kind of seems like she's just laying it all out and kind of what she thinks of herself um which is cool and I also think her lyric or her vocal on it sounds like she's just in a pit just uh it's a dark vocal too and it it matches it perfectly and it's spooky and to use the term that she coined very witchy and, um, it's just a, it's a cool song and tells her story. Well, I think.
0: Do you think that she held back a little bit of that angst? I mean, there is some angst there, but I, you know, one of the, one of the, the, the great covers of this, and I'm not a big whole fan by any stretch of the imagination, but, um, Courtney kills it on this song. Like that's one huh. of the best. That's one of the best covers of of any Fleetwood Mac song is Courtney Love doing this particular song, and it. i heard she, it. She turned it dark. And, yeah, um, and
2: she lived it too, right?
3: Oh yeah. Who? Yeah.
2: Courtney Love. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think I don't heard, know if she did. Did, did Waylon
3: do it too?
0: Waylon does a, does a version of this as well.
2: And yeah, he, I he, really like that version.
3: Of,
0: yeah, he kind of puts a little bit of a dark spin on it as well. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah, all right. I was just gonna say, I love the ending, the the outro. I think. Yes. Just like calling herself a black widow, that's crazy. She's crazy. Yeah, that
3: outro is perfect.
2: <laughs> so great.
3: <laughs> and she's a dragon
2: the dragon uh, yeah. yeah yeah this is
3: my favorite one on the record i think the 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 cowbell in the beginning is really cool um and then the the guitar riff it's got this acoustic thing but then also he kind of flirts with it with another electric which makes it super interesting to me um and then the the outro like i said the black widow thing you just like oh yeah Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's my favorite one.
0: All right. And Jenny, your score.
2: I gave it a 10. I almost want to switch it with dreams, but we'll just keep it.
0: I, I know I was, I was, I was the same way. This, this was my top score up until two days ago and then I switched it. So this, this gets my nine and then Wayne.
1: Oh, I give it a seven, but I mean, I, I agree with everything that's been said. I think this is a, re- this is a really good song. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Lindsay guy, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jenny picked her side. You picked yours. We get it. Yep. We get it. All right. So, uh, let's, let's go through, let's go through our top five based off of the scores and, and David, despite your, you changing your score on me at the Uh, last minute, um, you only changed two of the top five. And I'll, I'll talk about that here in a second. So dreams, dreams is definitely our, our top score with an average score of 10.25 gold dust woman, because David switches score at the last minute, this becomes our number two song, with a 9.25 rating. Number three, the chain, 8.75. Secondhand news. <laughs> so that was our our second score up until. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That was.
3: I screwed I was everything our, up.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you kind of you kind of screwed it up.
3: Um, <laughs> I <I'll> did <do> that.
0: <laughs> so that was a uh, that was a 7.25, and then our last. Uh, for the top five is never going back again, and usually this is where I say, "So, what do you guys think was our our least favorite song?" And <laughs> I don't even I don't even need to I don't even need to ask that. So we already know yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Did we did we cover everything? Did we miss anything on rumors? No, we got it all.
2: Got I learned all. a lot of
0: rumors. <laughs> all right. Well, that's good we're all about yeah. the learning process. So, well, this has been, this has been a lot of fun revisiting with you, uh, Jenny and David.
3: We're on the Spotify's and the Instagram's and Facebook's and anywhere that people listen to music nowadays.
2: Yeah. And your and website. It's, spelled, spelled, it's a Haze is spelled H A Y E S. All
0: right. Fantastic. All right. So last question that I throw out to everybody, lifting this from a fellow podcaster. So who do you know that I don't know who would want to join us on this podcast to revisit one of their
3: favorite records? Hmm.
2: Bill Reynolds.
3: Bill. Yeah, that'd be fun.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, let right, start? He, we recorded our record with him at his studio. He um, was a member of the, the Band of Horses there for a minute, or oh. still is maybe. I don't know. Well, I in Band
0: of Horses for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool.
2: for- a, okay. For a while, not. A, but he's he's always a fun guy to chat about music with. So.
3: He's a big big music and studio nerd. So we go on and on. It'd be awesome. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll make that connection. All right. Just as a reminder, we're on Instagram using the Records Revisited podcast hashtag. A man in the Facebook page, Records Revisited podcast. We are on iTunes, Podomatic, Castbox, Stitcher. Please go and review us. Give us some ratings and uh, tell a friend. So here we go. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts, go to a live show, buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record, visit a record store and not just on record store day. We are records revisited and we are
4: Out. out.